Jalen Arney. Thank you for joining us in the studio this morning. Thanks for having us, or me. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Dalen is a product designer and student at the University of Utah studying sustainable product design. He's worked with some clients, uh, kind of a myriad of clients, including the University of Utah, Sinclair, Young Living, Modere, New Skin, Vaza, the list goes on. For his young young age, 22, He's he's got a lot of experience and a lot of good thoughts. So I thought it'd be awesome to bring him on the podcast. This is 20 questions with Design Lake City. And we what we do is we randomize a bunch of questions and um, Dalen's seen some of them beforehand so he can come up with thoughtful answers. And we shoot, that at, shoot them at him and see what happens. So um, let's get started. Question number one, what is your favorite dish at a Salt Lake restaurant? Um, it's not super high-end, but I love them. They're called Spitz. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a, a wrap that you can ask for it to be a sandwich on this like sourdough crazy ciabatta, I guess it is, bread. It's called the Donor Sandwich. The it's, Donor Sandwich. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's okay. worth your time. Yeah, I, I've gone there and got the Donor Plate or one of the plates that's pretty good too. Yeah, the I, plate. They have like salads and stuff. They're like, you know, versions of their sandwiches. Super good. Okay, yeah. spits. I'm, I'm into it. Okay, yeah. good, good. Recommend. Question number two. What brand should we know about that we might not know already? It's Everlane. So Everlane is a clothing slash backpack sort of kind of like revolutionizing the way we think about plastic as a manufacturing thing. The quick thing about it is that they've created a product line of like parkas and big jackets that are fully made of recycled plastic bottles. Mm. And so they're doing some breakthrough stuff on on product design when it comes to upcycling. Mm. Really good. Okay, yeah. Everlane. Yeah, worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Question number three. What book made the biggest impact on you and why? Oh boy. Uh, there's a few of them, but I got to say the biggest one is a book that I to this day cannot understand. And I read it... Um, probably two to three times at this point. It's called Synergetics. There's a, a part one and a part two. Part one's the perfect part. It's by a guy mm-hmm. named Buckminster Fuller, and it just talks about emergence and the way that everything is connected, not in some metaphysical way, but like literally, mm-hmm. you know, your footsteps affect your your future actions in some mm-hmm. predictable way. Anyway, um, it's just a very beautiful book that kind of opened my eyes on the world crazy i know bucky fuller but you know him okay i don't i didn't know he like wrote like volumes so. oh yeah so just plug to the bucky fans out there yeah. um operation uh for uh manual i think it's manual for spaceship earth or operation manual for spaceship earth uh-huh. his first work super good but then he got some public publicity and then synergetics happened and it's like first part it's like 800 pages and it's insane it's okay yeah like seminal design architecture <sighs> thinking it's really good that's a good one man thanks yeah. for <laughs> thanks mm-hmm. for like letting us know about that mm-hmm. um okay so let's see where are we question four this is the origin story question yeah um it's about getting to know you and kind of your background and your experience so um the question is how did you get your start like kind of your schooling training early jobs that kind of thing and how did you end up in salt lake if you're not from here yeah, so I'm from California originally. Uh, I've lived here about almost four years. Um, and so I moved out here for the University of Utah to study uh, what was, I thought, my first career, which was in biomedical engineering. Um, in high school and in my early college kind of career, I focused on creating prosthetics mm. um, that specifically focused on 
using alternatives to motors, so what I was calling synthetic muscles. These were like plastic and metal-based actuators, linear actuators, that when you heated them up or you would fill them with air or whatever, they would contract like a muscle fiber. Hmm. Anyway, I was trying to copy that for, for adaptive kind of organic-based you know, prosthetics. Um, and then I kind of just fell in love with the idea of creating in general, and I found the design program mm, at the U. And cool. I decided to go towards, you know, not pigeonholing myself into prosthetics and just kind of like seeing how t I can work with technology as a whole. Mm. And that's kind of how I am where I am now. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. Good answer. This section is about um, your personal state, I'm calling it. Mm. Some of your personal projects and where you are cool. in your career. Um, so, and again, a few more ra uh, random questions. So, um, first of all, like kind of a doozy, what are you curious about right now? Ooh. Yeah. Um, so, I'm really curious about how we can create technology that uh, creates something I like to call a personal uh, power grid. And that is basically clothing or devices like bicycles or, you know, who knows, doors, whatever, tiles mm. in a house or a public mm -hmm. space, that we can convert the natural kinetic energy of the body into stored passive energy that we mm. can use for later. I'm really curious about how we can start to create some agency and independence for individuals to make their own power, especially with the resource crises that we're, we're going to see on the horizon soon. That's so. cool. What did, what did you call it again? I called yeah. it a personal network. Personal power network. network. Yeah. I, I like that. Thanks. <clears throat> okay, next question. <clears throat> what is your most valuable design skill? Um, or, or what skill has had the biggest impact on your career so yeah, far? Yeah, totally. At the risk of sounding um, over the top, I think it's, it's pattern recognition. I think that's the thing that I've noticed is really powerful. Hmm. Um, I've worked as a product developer too, which to those in the, in, in the industry may make sense, but generally just means, you know, the data side of design, you know, creating spreadsheets. And a lot of what I do, especially now as an actual designer, is recognizing patterns like trends and, uh, you know, where new ideas can be integrated into old. And I think that's a very powerful skill, seeing mm. how you can create a new thing and you have to focus on like what the trends are. Mm. So patterns. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you get nervous, and how do you deal with it? Oh, nearly every single day, <laughs> multiple times a day. But that's just a personal little gift of mine. Um, yeah. Well, I I, uh, I do get nervous when I'm designing a lot, especially when there's a client that I want to really impress. Let's say it's um, like uh, Sinclair or whatever, right? And it's a big client, and I mm -hmm. want to create a really good piece for them. Um, but the way that I address my nerves are grounding myself in data, right? So. Hmm. Who is Sinclair, right? Who is this client X? You want to talk, you know, whoever, you fill in the blank. Um, what are their values? What are the colors they've used in the past? What have they done in the past? And uh, that gives me a little bit of a map, and that hmm. helps me navigate sort of the, the design landscape, so to speak. Um, so whenever I get nervous, it's a really big indication for me that I need to do more research. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, so a few more rapid-fire questions, if you're up for it. Of course. Um, Kind of back to the rapid fire list. What is a design trend you hope dies in 2020? Mm. Um, I know this is kind of a big trend right now, like everyone's talking about it, but fast fashion. Mm. I think that needs to die soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. That was the last interview I did, actually, that's what she brought up too. Oh, crazy. Fast yeah. fashion. I think it's it's a big deal. Yeah. Like for a lot of reasons. So anyway. 
if not, well, actually, sorry, let me back up. What, how do you how do you describe fast fast fashion? Because that's something we were kind of trying to do in the last interview. Yeah, it's it's really weird to me that we have clothing that is strictly um, for the winter, and we have clothing that's strictly for the summer, right? Mm. And all the seasons in between, and the pseudo seasons in between of that, right? Mm. Um, it just seems like we have the technology to create really breathable, adaptive clothing, um, and there's no need for you to like have a jacket for one or two or three months, mm. you know? Um, so I think that it's unfortunate that we have clothing that is like got a bunch of styles that are like, here's your winter, fall style. Right. Wear it for three months and then basically not wear it again or throw it away eventually, mm-hmm. right? That seems problematic from a social, environmental, and really economic perspective as far as I'm aware. Mm. So I think that there's ways to create clothing that are more adaptive and last longer for the individual. Yeah, that's the key for me is like lasting longer. I always think of <clears throat> Old Navy as yeah. like kind of the worst culprit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to call them out because they'll Even H&M. Snipers. I think H&M yeah. does a similar thing. Yeah, it's funny how they've devolved in that way. A mm-hmm. lot of companies. So yeah, stuff that just is going to fall apart. You know, right. Like yeah. Old Navy, classic. You, you buy some pants and like next year they're like coming apart at the seams and... Right. To me, that's the definition of fast fashion. It's like, oh, okay, throw it, throw it away, get a new pair because they're only $10. Right, right. Make it as cheap as possible, right? <laughs> it's crazy. <clears throat> um, so if not a designer, what would you be? Oh, boy. Um, there's a few things. I mean, you know, in some, some high-level uh, world, maybe I could be a monk or something. Who knows? <laughs> At a briery, making some beer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds good. But I, honestly, I think I would. Uh, I, I did a little stint as a social worker, as a crisis counselor for a while, and I really liked that. I think that maybe being a therapist or a crisis counselor for those in need would be a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that designers have a role to play in helping those in need, too. So I think huh. there's overlap. But yeah. the, it's like the empathy card and yeah, understanding people. Exactly. And and that same pattern recognition we were talking about earlier. You mm-hmm. know? So. What design has notably improved your life? Oh, boy. Um, there's a product, uh, if you are listening, the creators of this, I hope you hear me, um, called the Arrow Press. Okay. Um, and Like arrow, like bow and arrow? Yeah, bow and arrow, okay. exactly. I've had it for, oh boy, five years, I think, about now. Mm. It hasn't fallen apart. Kind of what we were talking about with the fast fashion stuff around mm. like these, this team of designers really thought about material and construction, and I'm applauding them for that. Uh, and I use this when I'm backpacking. I, I use this every day, actually. It's a coffee press huh. that uh, you put a filter in the bottom, twist the bottom, it secures the filter, put your, your coffee in, your hot water. There's a little measuring device on how much you know water you want. And there's a little plunger at the top to press the coffee in. And it's super fast, super easy to clean, and it's really, really robust. I've dropped it like down mountains, <laughs> no joke, and it's totally fine. Impressive. Yeah, AeroPress. Okay. Super good. <clears throat> Um, so speaking of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, what's, what's like your 2020 design forecast oh, yeah. in the future? This is kind of a counter to that fast fashion thing, right? Which is that, um, I think that, that modularity is something that I've seen a lot recently. Hmm. And, and for those of you who don't know, modular design, right, is this way of making a single product that breaks up into multiple products, or maybe it can do multiple things, has multiple use cases. The thing that I've seen a lot of is backpacks, like day packs, that you can zip the top off of and it becomes a fanny pack, huh. right? Uh-huh. Or uh, jackets that you can uh, fold it into a fanny pack or a pouch or yeah. whatever, right? Into a yeah. small packet. Yeah, making transformations. Yeah, exactly. And I think I've been seeing a little bit of this kind of like developing in the world, but I think that there's, um, I hope that people start doing this because I think it's a good idea, is 
promote that in the sense of making something work for multiple cases. You know, mm-hmm. like you can make this backpack work for work now, or if you need it to be a backpacking backpack, there's an add-on or right. there's a material change you can do that's super seamless mm-hmm. to make it more robust. I, I think that's a trend that that I would probably uh, I would hope for for 2020. Hmm. So yeah, there's something about that too. Like um, I I think about like the uh, a particular pair of shoes that I love and and they work for you know going to a club and going to the office and hanging out at home and like so something you know those kind of things that can be multi-dimensional mm-hmm. are are that that's like another it, it doesn't have to have like too much um too many features to work right totally yeah there's some it, subtle thing that makes it kind of work in both places and maybe it's a static feature that, yeah you don't have to clip anything else but it just works exactly that's, that's cool getting at This is the part where we want to know about your creative process and your your practice. Um, so the first question is a mandatory question. Where do you find inspiration? Like from 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 who, how, when? You know the inspiration question. Yeah, yeah. So two places. Um, one is on a, a website called Behance, which is a big one for me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm going to condense the first answer into two quick things. So Behance yeah. and Instagram, two, yeah. two platforms I use a lot. Uh, I like to look at trends, right? Like who who's doing really cool stuff? What's like popular? Is Art Nouveau on trend right now? Or is it mid-century modern? Whatever, you know, what are the, what are the styles? Yeah. That's important, I think, you know, because you want to be able to be relatable to your audience, right? And you want to know what audiences are out there right now. Mm -hmm. But the number two is a sort of underlying consistent trend, which is uh, nature. I I Mm. look a lot at um, biological systems, both in structure as well as like kind of like abstract the way that ecosystems tend to work. This is a lot of what I study uh, at the University of Utah right Mm -hmm. now is I I focus on sustainable product design, right? right? And I I look at how we can start to incorporate something called biophilia, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Which is like a kind of visual elements, aesthetic elements of, of biology. Uh-huh. And then also something called biomimicry, uh-huh. which is quite literally trying to copy things. Like you can create more efficient, perhaps drone blade blades, like airplane drones, uh-huh. by adding the same nudules, the same knobs that you see at the end of uh, blue whales fins mm. right those exist for a reason evolution is perhaps the best designer out there and uh, it it breaks up the water in a way that allows for more efficient movement through fluid and air is still a fluid so mm. perhaps there's a way we can, ways we can copy biology into air blades so anyway long-winded well long-winded answer but, no way i mean yeah yeah, yeah. We, we, i think if i could do the the, the whole t- you know the whole podcast around inspiration i would I would. I would. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. Um, but that's great. Yeah. Cool. So that, this is like one of those moments where I want to say, like, uh, you you have a chance to get, you know offer some more of your inspiration, maybe in the in the liner notes or whatever we want to call those, the comments and oh, okay. uh, on the website where where your podcast will be located or Perfect. your interview will be located. Okay. Because um, I think that's great. Like whatever you want to offer to to listeners. Yeah, I've got several links and, and there's a there's a really cool encyclopedia out there. I can't remember the name of it, but you can type in like you know technology that's like a beetle and it pulls up a bunch of things about beetle that you can use right. for technology. It's yeah, very cool. Naturepedia or something. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've I think come it's across Naturepedia that. or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, but I'll have to find it. Um, great. Okay. Yeah, biomimicry. Um, okay, so uh, kind of more on your, your process or your practice. Um, this is a little bit of a doozy. What, do, you, do you have some advice for working with clients or how, you know, how to educate your clients or persuade 
your clients the the value of good design. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so there's a, a really fine line, I think, to balance with a client, especially a client that is very concerned about their success. And I find that younger clients who are less successful tend to be more anxious, right? They need to know that, that you have their back, right? And I think mm. that that's something that is probably the first thing you do before you start drawing or 3D rendering or researching materials is talking to them about, hey, I understand what you're about. I'm on your side, mm. and my job today and this week or this month is to promote your thing, is to get you the next step, mm. you know? And I'm here for you. Right. You and got their back. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I'm, I'm your teammate here. Yeah. You know, and I think that, the, that if you don't do that, there's this dynamic I've noticed when I haven't done this where there's a fight between the client and the designer right? <laughs> or the designer who tends to know more about design, right, uh -huh. is kind of educating the client. And, and the client, re re you know, reacts to this sort of defensive behavior, and that's understandable. But I think if you create a teamwork and you say, hey, I'm on your side, I'm here to help you, then um, it's going to be a better dynamic through the whole time. Mm. So That's good. I like yeah. that answer. Um, so how do your values show up in the work? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, on, I'm a liberal. So <laughs> there's, okay. there's some liberal values. I like that, how you just called it out like that. <laughs> that, that, that permeate. Um, you know, one of which is that I think that uh, you'll notice if you pay attention to, to specifically sport and backpacking design, that there's this problem called shrink it and pink it. And huh. that's this idea that we designed this backpack. It's amazing. Men designed it. Also, probably for men. Oh, oh my God, we have uh, a bunch of women that might want to buy this thing too. Let's, so to speak, shrink it and pink it. This is a simplification of the issue. Of course, yeah. there's a little bit more consideration that goes into this. But the issue is that women or gender in general is not a thing that's con like really considered deeply in the design process from the incubus of it. So something, and I don't always succeed at this, but I like to do is create gender neutral or even androgynous pieces that from the beginning, I'm not leaning towards any one gender mm -hmm. and at that point when they want it to be more masculine or more feminine i have an ability to kind of pivot a little huh. bit easier yeah you start with like a baseline yeah and... exactly but i also kind of feel like i get to with my agenda sneak through some more like non-gendered pieces <laughs> because i think that's the future yeah for sure. um so yeah anyway that's that's one of my things and as well as sustainable materials that's a big big thing in uh -huh. my life that's kind of what i my core of my design philosophy is creating products that can biodegrade just like uh, anything else in the, in the natural ecosystem. So, That's cool. Yeah. So how, how do you get critical feedback on your design? Or like what's, what's like the design review process that you're able to go through with, with colleagues or peers or, or you know, wh yeah. whatever that is? Totally. Um, I kind of think of it as like a, a space shuttle, right? right? You get up into orbit, right? And that's you opening up Illustrator or Fusion 360 or Autodesk or whatever, and that's you doing all the heavy lifting. You've made a bunch of work, okay? You've gotten up into into the, the high end. You've, you've got a thing to present to your, your fellow designers or whatever. Right. And then there's all these kind of like little micro adjustments, right? Little, uh, little like uh, bursts of, what is it, air or whatever they have in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the, yeah. Yeah, and the, uh, the gas. Jet stream kind of Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like boop, 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 boop. Is, yeah. And it kind of corrects your orbit, right? It gets you into a more perfect place. Huh. And uh, I feel like to begin with, if you're a good designer, you've done enough research to get yourself into orbit. Mm. You can justify why you're there, right? With data and, and evidence. But then once you're up there, you have other designers and you have people who are not designers, which is a really good thing to have. And you have your boss, probably, 
who can help you make those micro adjustments. So it's actually not like one thing, it's this continuous process. Mm. People tend to add these like micro adjustments. Oh, make this green or maybe change the thread count on this or right. you know, what's the tooth on that look like? Huh. So you, you yeah. want people to like um, to be consistently having an, an eye on it. Yeah, I want there to be a chapter where it's just me. Okay. And then after that chapter, people are open source comments here. Right. You know, because ultimately you're trying to make it work for someone else, yeah. not just you. So. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. The tools question. I okay. Like this question. I'm into it. Yeah. <clears throat> because I want to know about the specific tools that you use to design. Okay. So what what are your favorite tools? Physical, as in like art supplies, pens, paper, totally. notebooks, and your and digital. Like what software is what you know. Yeah, I'll hit the digital first because okay. most of what I do is digital because mm -hmm. I tend to send my stuff off to manufacturers to make it right. Uh -huh. um, I use Illustrator a lot, like maybe every day. Um, it's where I do a lot of my kind of 2D drawing and stuff. I use a lot of Photoshop. I've uh, used After Effects before. I mm -hmm. used InDesign. Um, I have used something by Adobe as well. It's called Adobe Dimension. I, right. Yeah, it's really good, actually. Yeah, it's, tell us more about that because I didn't know about that, and I'm, yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know about that. No worries. It's it's actually it's it's newer, right? I think it only came out maybe 2017. I might be wrong on that, but it's it's on the the new end of the side of things. Mm. And the idea is it's this really fast rendering program that actually has pretty good results. It's no key shot for any by any means, but uh -huh. the idea is that. Um, you can get a preset shape like a sphere or like a half sphere or a cube or whatever and there's some like basic altering you can do. You can apply some um, some textures to it. You can change mm. the lighting of the environment. Pretty simple stuff. But the idea, what's really fun about it is that you can create a really basic model like in real time with a client or a friend. Mm. And by the end of the conversation, I have been able to turn my laptop around and say, this rendered thing I just made, is this what you're yeah. talking about? And, you know, it, it looks pretty good. And I, I think that it's a pretty great program, actually, for someone who's trying to do, like, design in real time. But when cool. I'm trying to make a real 3D model, I use Fusion 360. That's my main my main uh, engine. And, uh, yeah, I've used SketchUp before, and that's pretty much it on the digital, the mm -hmm. physical stuff. I, I use a lot of woodworking blades and saws as well as metal saws, uh, arc welders. Um, I have used sergers and conventional sewing machine stuff for soft goods and 3D printers and uh, laser cuts. Laser cutters as well. So, okay. those are my my physical tools I've yeah, used before. That's so. a pretty good arsenal. Of Thanks, tools. man. I think uh, yeah. I mean, you know, more to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> no, I think that's good to have to have like uh, as much as you can like at your disposal. Okay, this is the pontification section. Cool. I'm, I'm calling it now until I come it. up with a better name. That's a good name. And because there are some pretty like heavy questions. How much, what's our, are these rapid fire or are these a little bit more spacious? <laughs> no, I think we can like take our time because they're, they're big questions. Okay. So for instance, how can design save the world? Oh boy. Um, good luck. Yeah. Well, I want to start with a sort of tagline, I guess, with that. Um, and I got to clarify it right after I say it. Um, and that's that designers create garbage. They create waste. Now, I'm not saying that designers' work is garbage, right? I mean, like, Dieter's Ram Dieter Rams and, and, and Charles Ray Eames and, you know, the Eames' work is amazing, of mm. course. You know, uh, Johnny Ives is, is, a, is a, a classic. He's at the top of his game. However, um, anything that they create one day will be thrown away. And 
as designers, we have to be very aware that every time we sit down at our desks and we open up any program we're, we're using, doesn't matter if it's Adobe or whatever, we are creating future garbage and uh, design has the ability to change that because it's the incubus, it's the, the genesis of anything. And if we think about the material, we think about the manufacturing, and we think about the end of life of an item, then we have the opportunity to genuinely change the environmental and social impact that design as well as just capitalism and consumerism in general has on the environment and our world. Hmm. So I think that design has an opportunity to change the world by re-standardizing how products are made and what products are made of. Hmm. That's my answer. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, being somebody that's been been in the industry for a while and, you know, seeing seeing the challenges there, I think it's a good reminder that, you know, you, you have to kind of like st- stand for something if you're going to make any change. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be a, a point to what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. We'll, we'll leave it at that. So... How do you describe bad design in general? Yeah. Um, I think the simple thing, right, would be something that's uh, designed to be uh, made easy but not used easily, right? Hmm. Um, because if the focus is on manufacturing, oh, we got to make this cup super fast yeah. and cheap, and you really didn't consider very often how the, the consumer thinks about it or uses it or... If the consumer is, uh, you know, disabled in some way and they can't hold the cup conventionally, right? Mm. Your job is to help the people, not the not the manufacturers. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, that's a good de- good definition. Um, oh, this is interesting. What what's a myth about design that you would like to debunk? Yeah, you know, I thought about this for a while. I I, I think that I'll, it really kind of boils down to um, design is not engineering light. Right, it's a, it's actually a different field, with different skills and, and, and a different worldview. Right, engineering. I think I highly respect engineering, and keep in mind, I was going to become an engineer. That was the first thing I was trying right. to do. Right, um, is a lot about problem solution. They're really good at solving really high level problems that I think most designers can't, or people mm. in general. Mm. However, design, I think, in some way, is about problem identification. Right, it's it's yeah. it's that same pattern recognition right. skill. I've I've thought that before too, um, or I've said that you know many times. Like it's about yeah. the questions you ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's much the answer is. Exactly, yeah. It's about perspective, right? And there's a lot to consider in design, right? Like I'm sure as you know, which is like psychology and and, and uh, environmental effects and you know social situations going on at the time, right? Um, more than just does this rivet work, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. Cool. Okay, so last question. Okay. Can you believe it? I I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. No, this is a legit question. Do you have any mottos or mantras um, or like what maxims that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah. Okay. I don't know about a motto, but here's a kind of philosophy I have. Okay. Um, I don't want to sound too esoteric, right? But... I think that everyone is a is in some degree a creative, right, or a, someone who creates. Okay. And the designers are happen to be the people who find their path towards creation, right? But every single day, right, you as a person create something. When you put your clothes on for the day, you whether you meant to or not, you've created an outfit. 
when you put in, uh, basic ingredients together in a bowl, you've created a meal, even if it's cereal and milk. Hmm. And I think that uh, we are fundamentally, as human beings, beings that create. And us taking agency in that and noticing that what we buy is an act of creation, what we vote for is an act of creation, what we wear is an act of creation in the world, then we're making a statement about the future and, and, and the environment we want to live in. And uh, as creators, I think that we have an opportunity to think a little bit more critically about that. So that's what I would say. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So that's 20 questions. Thanks, man. We, we it did felt it. felt like five. It yeah, was very right? fun. Yeah, that was easy. It was really good. Um, all right. So Dalen Arnie, uh, you can um, see more of his work and more, you know, kind of learn more about him at Dalen Arnie on Instagram. And we're going to post some, some links and some of his... Um, uh, work and maybe a few thoughts on the website mm-hmm. in in kind of like the the comments area or whatever that is. Yeah. And um, anything else you want to share before we go offline? No, I just think this is an amazing podcast and uh, it's a really cool platform. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining me, and um, we'll do it again. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.